Hello, party people! My name is Dennis Dolan, and you're listening to another episode of Oak Performance Radio. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Oak Performance Radio. I'm your host, Adam Lane. If you're new to the show, our goal here is to create some content, some fantastic content for athletes, parents, and coaches. We tell stories, have laughs, and go into everything that is the end game of athletic performance, helping athletes achieve their optimal performance and be the best they can possibly be. Enjoy the show. Hey, Oak Performance Radio listeners. This episode is brought to you by Power Athlete, the world's premier resource for training athletes, educating coaches, and nutrition. Our goal is to provide world-class solutions for real-world athletes and coaches. We are fortunate to work with thousands of athletes around the globe, and we've taken them to the highest levels of performance. If you're working with athletes or trying to improve yourself with a performance goal, come check us out at powerathletehq.com. And if you want some dope merch, we have an amazing collection of black shirts with white skulls. Use the code AMAZING10 for 10% off your initial purchase. If you need anything performance-related, like I said, come check us out at powerathletehq.com. Bye! And that's the show, ladies and gentlemen, right there. Nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. Glad you stuck with us. Here we are. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Oh, Dennis, this is going to be an entertaining 40 minutes right here. I can't wait. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Dennis Dolan from the metropolis of Olathe, Kansas. Correct? Correct. You're on the Kansas side. There we go. Yeah, but it's KC Metro. Just I'm from Kansas City. You're good. I get confused. The Missouri to Kansas side. Is there a... There's literally a line called State Line Road. It's a road. And on one side, you're on Missouri, and the other side, you're on Kansas. It's awesome, man. Are there, yeah. are, are there east side, west side gangs? Are there, they clash? If you would like to get into the socioeconomic layout of the city, Kansas City has a pretty storied past of having a dividing line with certain streets in uh-huh. certain neighborhoods where it's like, yeah, oh, you're east of so-and-so. And yeah, it's been it's been talked about before, but yeah, it's it's not a secret, but it's not a detriment. I mean, okay. everyone has oh that neighborhood. Well, we just have these streets where it's like this dividing line for some reason. So yeah, yeah, well, deep deep conversation there. There you go. Well, that that that's that's probably another podcast right there. So yeah, um, Dennis, for the for the tens of people that listen to the show who might not know who you are and why you're such a big deal, um, tell them tell them who you are. Okay, literally everything about me is not a big deal, though. That's the part. My name is Dennis Dolan. I'm a certified athletic trainer and a power athlete certified coach. Got it right. Got it spectacular, right? Um, I practice in a cash-based physical therapy clinic in Overland Park, Kansas. That is part of the Kansas City metropolitan area. I work with three physical therapists, one of which is also a power athlete certified coach. And we have begun the process of kind of changing how you look at sports medicine in the area. So that's me. I'm what here. Is well, let's dive into that. What, is, what does that mean right there? Uh, what does that mean? So this is a new venture for me. For the past 21 years, I was a high school athletic trainer. And through that role, I developed into a athletic trainer slash strength and conditioning consultant and Uh, kind of movement specialist for all of our teams and I had just tremendous success and I loved it and then I needed to change Um, the landscape of sports medicine keeps kind of shifting Um, people are getting better coverages at the high schools now because more high schools are getting athletic trainers and the athletic trainers that are coming out are more knowledgeable on a broader scope of terms so 
they are getting better coverage, but at the same time, I think they're getting the wrong coverages because it doesn't, it doesn't trickle all the way up to adults and down to kids. It's all very segmented into what you're doing. And it's all very driven by other factors, AKA insurance. So a lot of what you see now is insurance driven and it's a kind of a factory production. You know, you're, you're being as economical as you can with your time. You're seeing as many patients as you can to be as profitable as you can because an insurance company is dictating how much money you can make for literally the job you're doing. They're telling you, hey, we're only going to pay you this much for your job. Um, on the athletic training side, it's even more structured and, and detrimental because we aren't approved by Medicare, Medicaid for certain rehabilitative practices or certain coverages. So we don't get the reimbursement. Therefore, the physical therapists don't get the reimbursement. And it just trickles down the line that we're getting less money in doing that. So... What Tim and his wife just did was five years ago, they stepped away from the insurance-based just private practice. And they started their own cash-based private practice out of their home. They converted their gym into a physical therapy clinic and a little like box gym and started seeing people there for cash. And they did so well and they provide such a quality product that they needed to expand. And so when they did, I was brought on board along with another physical therapist. And so now we have this awesome team. Um, between us, there's over a hundred years of experience, so yeah. it's it's fun. So, yeah. Gotcha. So, mm -hmm. when when people might hear the you know cash base versus you know not cash based, um, you know people are all about their insurance and what what covers what because they they don't want to pay for things that pop up and blah blah blah. Um, but this creates problems. Um for you guys mm -hmm. um, do you want to talk about the difference between the the, the, the cash base versus like it, it's it sounds when, like when you say cash base i think a lot of people here i'm going to have to spend more money that's that's where that goes yes and no okay this is a very detailed conversation that is very individualistic per person per family because of the different insurance coverages that are out there. So I'm gonna give you two perspectives. I will give you the perspective of me when I was in the high school setting and dealing with kids going to outside practices. So if they needed an orthopedist, if they needed imaging, if they needed physical therapy, we would have to put them out into the world and allow the insurance coverage to dictate where they went. That was just what our, our MO was. We're just like, hey, guess what? You need extra stuff, go by where your insurance can tell you versus these are the best people to go to. These people take insurance. These people don't. Here are all your options. So they would dictate where they would go. They would dictate, you know, what coverage they would get. So if they were doing rehabilitation with the physical therapist and myself, it was very limited on how many visits they had and what exactly they were doing while they were there. So what we found was they had less visits and they were doing less at each, at each visit. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay with that. I love doing more of their job because they're my athletes. Okay. So that's fine. I, zero problems. there. great product that I put out. Fine. Now with the cash-based model, what we have is options and it's individualistic for you because you have a different insurance coverage than the person next to you and the athlete next to you. And depending on what you're out of pocket, depending on what your deductible are, depending on the size of the company that your parents work for, 
what is their actual insurance coverage going to be? And until you sit down on the phone on the one eight 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 number for 30 minutes and getting literally all of the different ways that they're going to cost you money, you don't know the true cost. So uh, legislation has recently been passed that everything has to be transparent. It's just they don't have to tell you up front. They can tell you after the fact, this is what you're getting billed for. Gotcha. They're trying to make it so that everything is transparent up front. So as those type of mandates roll out, it, it should get better. But right now you're looking at Depending on your coverage, you have certain out-of-pocket expenses that you have to pay before insurance kicks in, or insurance only kicks in for a percentage and you're responsible for the rest, okay? If you need rehabilitation <clears throat> for an injury, and it's going to be about a two to four month process, they're going to tell you how much you can do and how many times you can be seen. And each time that you go, you might have a copay. Well, those physical therapists are going to want you to come in three times a week for those first couple of weeks and then space it out after that. And what they're doing is they're getting this very small window and they're cramming in as many visits as they can. And that way they get all of the insurance money for their billing. And they should. They're doing rehabilitation with these people. They should be getting paid for it. They need to space it out. They need to do less. They need to have a better relationship with the sports medicine providers where those athletes are located in order to collaborate and space out their visits for a longer time and do more during their visits. So if insurance is dictating where you can go and what they're gonna pay, when you get there, you might have a cash upfront payment. Hey, in order to come in today, you now have to pay $20. Insurance is still paying, but you have this other portion that's up to you. $20, three times a week for four weeks. Do the math. Yep. It starts to add up super quick. And at the end of the day, you don't know the quality of the stuff that you're getting for that appointment. Remember, they're now being billed for what they can dictate by the insurance company. So they're going to have three people on that one hour slot versus one. Mm -hmm. And after seeing the physical therapist for 10 to 15 minutes, they will get passed on to a PTA or an ATC or someone else that's super qualified to do their stuff. But now it is a handoff and they get to now do some things with them for 15 minutes. And then maybe at the end, they have cryotherapy or, you know, like a recovery tool that they want to use and they pass them off again to use that. So the actual time with their therapist was 15 minutes and they got billed for an hour hmm. and they weren't, they weren't getting an hour's worth of stuff. They were getting three little 15 minute shots of different things. Yeah. So in the cash-based model, in the way that our business is laid out, Tim and Jess hit it right on the head. We need to be there for the patient for the hour, one-on-one, -on -one, to take care of what they need to get to the next workout, to get to the next day, to get through the next week, and then to get to the next appointment, you know, better. Give them something they can leave with today, give them something they can work on, and they give something to look forward to. And we now have an entire hour to sit and talk like this. And I have to tell you, on at least a handful of instances already, I've spent the whole hour just talking, allowing them to tell their story, allowing them to tell their symptoms, allowing them to paint the picture of exactly where they are today and why they're in my office, and try to get as much information as we can. That's groundbreaking in and of itself. When was the last time you had that opportunity with your doctor? Yeah. No, he's got four other people. They're waiting for his five minutes to blurt out everything that they can. And then they forget things. And then, you know, it's not a great relationship and you don't get the best care. We're going to give you the time. We're going to give you the space. And once we've done that, 
hopefully we're building this relationship and it's more of a holistic coverage of, hey, you know what? These are all the aspects in your life that we can help you with to kind of help with what you're dealing with. They are not their injury. They're not their shoulder problem. They're not their ankle pain. That is going to be what we focus on. And then we pull in other aspects of their life where they are limited because of that. And now we're dealing with a person that can't play with their kids and it gives them this stress because their job is hard and they're driving home to come play with their kids and now they can't do that. So it is now threefold stressors on top of that. You're never going to know that if you only have five minutes with them. Yeah. So we have to find out really why they're there, their limitations in life versus just their injury. And we don't want you to just get that. We want you to visit us and now for your life is better. You've yeah. got better eating, better sleeping, better recovery, better movement, all of these aspects that we can help you with. And hopefully now you have a partner in crime and you have like a little sports med person in your back pocket. You can now hit us up for vitality. You can now hit us up for programming for, hey, I want to be a stronger person. I want to do more things. We've had the time to figure all of this out and we have the relationship to now evolve into that. Once they're out of pain, insurance is going to pay anything for you. Yeah. So why not pay for a service that's actually going to holistically go after what you're dealing with? And then realizing it's not just that. It's so many other aspects that we need to help you deal with in life. Are we qualified to do such things? Yeah, of course we are, because we're doing it through movement. We're doing it through activity. We're doing it through the parameters of our scope of practice. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's fantastic. So to, to break this down, because a lot of that I, I knew, a lot of that is, is, is new. Um, I, I had some wrist reconstruction about a year ago. Um, our physical therapist, who is not, um, they do take insurance, um, but they're private entity. They're not, they're not hooked up with the hospitals. They're their own small business and whatnot. Um, and so very similar to that, where there aren't PTAs, I go there and I, I get my one hour with, with Leah or my one hour with Dan or, you know, whoever I'm scheduled to, to be with that day. Um, and, and I think the thing that's, that's hard for people to understand, and I hope I word this right, but like, you're going to pay either way. So it's either you, you pay the insurance premium monthly and then pay the, you know, whatever out of pocket thing that day. And then, you know, and they, they cover things and blah, blah, blah. But because of that, not as much money is coming to the physical therapist, to the athletic trainer, wh whoever that is. And so now all of a sudden they just law of large numbers here, similar to doctors, like they have to get more people in so they can pay all the bills. Um, so they have to be able to take you, Hey, how are you doing? Five minutes. Great. Pass you on to the next person. Great. Pass you on to the next person, pass you on to the next person. And in turn, the, the actual quality of what you're getting, get, you know, gets, you know, diluted and either you don't get better or you don't get better as fast as what you could if, if you truly worked with somebody. Um, I see a, a kind of the combination of like, hey, I'm just going to jump into this, you know, random fitness class or I'm going to get personal training. And random fitness class is not bad, but if the, you have a specific issue of something like you, you probably need that one-on-one -on -one personal training to at least, you know, lay the foundation and get you, get you happy and healthy before you start like, I'm going to go do a tough mutter. Well, that's great. Let, let's, let's that be, you know, step two or step Z. <laughs> let's take our time to get there. Yeah. And look at that. Like step Z, you're looking at 26 different steps before that. <clears throat> Normal, I'm sorry, insurance-based practices. Once you are out of billable symptoms and billable services, you're done. 
but you're not at step Z, you're at H. Now, this is where Tim got super excited and why one of the reasons why he pulled me in was that's my jam. That gap between you being out of the physical therapy realm, but not quite to where you need to be athletically, well then, that is exactly where you fall into my lap. And because an athletic trainer's scope of practice is very limited to the client, like we need athletes. Okay, what's an athlete? Go down that rabbit hole, we all are. Great. But because it's just very specific to athletes and performance, I can now talk on nutrition, supplementation, bracing, uh, orthotics, all of these other areas that physical therapy does not touch on. If they need manual therapy, I can do it, but I'm not as trained as they are. So we defer. So on the places that, you know, we have these blind spots and inabilities, they are now pulled up. I am now pulled up and us completely as a group has now pulled up. As you're coming through our program, as you get out of pain, if it's just getting back to, you know, a goal or a sport or an activity, you're here. You are now given what we do as, what you do as a strength and conditioning coach, what I do in my job is we take your goal, we reverse engineer it back, and now we have the template for what you're gonna be doing. And at any point we can pivot and shift and we are the EQ adjusters as professionals. If you just went to insurance, you would have been dropped right there at your 36th visit, whatever it was, and then kicked somewhere, hopefully, that has an athletic trainer that is competent to get you to that point. But if you're an adult, you don't have that. You're done. <laughs> yeah. You're done. Figure it out how to go from point H to Z, the yeah. 5K fad. Well, and, and you said it earlier because that, that's where I think people get lost where like they, they, they something happens. Like sometimes life happens. Sometimes it's their fault. Sometimes it's not their fault. You know, weird stuff happens, blah, blah, blah. You're coming back from a knee thing and you, and you, you hit your whatever PT. Okay, well – that's what insurance covers. Good job. And, and they pass you on. And, and some people go into life and they're fine. And some people go into life and they're, they're not good. And that knee continues to bother them and it continues to bother them. And then it limits their activity and limits them playing with their kids, you know, playing, playing pickup basketball, it limits their fitness. And, and then if it limits their fitness. A lot of times it limits their health. And then all of a sudden, and you said this earlier, but it starts to define them. I'm Adam. I'm the guy with the bad wrist. Like, it's just, Oh my gosh. Like, you know, I, I, oh, I got a bad knee. I've had a bad knee for 20 years. Like, Oh my goodness. Like, I, I don't discount there aren't genetic key things going on, but there's like, maybe you didn't do everything that you could have and not your fault, but maybe you didn't do everything you could have because you didn't know of everything that you could be doing because insurance ran out and then you're done. And then, you know, here we are. You're Dennis, the guy with the bad knee. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. And <clears throat> we take it so far as to reframe even what you said. It's not your bad knee. It's not bad. <laughs> like, there's nothing terrible about it. Okay. <laughs> Put an emotional coefficient on something that you're out getting ready to get better. Yeah. Okay. It's like just take a dump on your knee and then hopefully just clean it up and it'll be better. No, yeah. that's not it. So reframing that. At the same time, look at what you just said. You know, they can't do these things. That's where we're pulling them in. That's where we're getting the buy-in. This is not their fault. And I don't want to make them feel bad for the things that they don't know. I'm here to say, hey, guess what, guys? You need more. And there's more out there that they're not telling you because you are you hit your, your quota. And after that point, they can't bill further. So you are finished. Or this is where we start 
looking at the quality of what you're doing, not just the quantity, but the quality of it. You're done with your visits or you checked certain boxes that they have laid out as a return to sport or clearance from rehab. Mm -hmm. And that is not anywhere near the demands of sport. And they're not telling them that. They're saying you're cleared for sport. No, you're cleared to now start the preparation for sport. And that's going to take even more time. Wouldn't it be awesome if this was worked into your rehab from day one? Because you have a physical therapist and an athletic trainer that are both educated in strength and conditioning, or you're at a place that has all three of those. You have a dedicated strength and conditioning coach, you have a dedicated physical therapist, you have an athletic trainer that can kind of bounce both ways. Now you're getting better quality throughout the whole thing. So when you do hit that mark, you're way more prepared. You're, yeah. You are more ready, ready, ready for sport. Okay. So you look at not only the time, the price, but now the overall quality of what you're doing. No. What, what points are they touching on? We're trying to touch as many points as we can. If you are driven by someone else telling you what you're going to get paid for, you're going to go for what you can get paid for. Yeah. I'm going to do all of the things that are going to net this because I got to keep the lights on. Yeah. yeah. And that's not a bad thing. That is business. That is you supporting your family. I cannot speak to that. I know how stressful it is to be on this side of it in the private sector, relying on new people coming in. So they're doing it their way because that's their way. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's tough too, where if you do a good job then they leave you <laughs> good job, yeah. thanks coach. Uh, I'm, I'm, gonna, gonna, I'm not going to pay you anymore. Bye-bye. <laughs> like, so it's almost, it's almost like you want to get fired. Um, but man, that's, yeah, that, that's fantastic. We've gotten, and again, not an athletic trainer here, just, just through what we've, we've done obviously with power athlete. Um, and then honestly, Sparta science has been great with, uh, being able to actually have true measurements of stuff just because, because I mean, I feel like I have a pretty decent coaching eye, but like, I, I like numbers and data in which to back, you know, what things that we're seeing. Um, and there, like you're saying, there's a massive gap between people ending PT and then that actual return to play piece. Um, and that's where, and, and I didn't, I, we didn't start this with the idea of like, Hey, that's our niche. Let's do this. But that's what it's turned into. Like it, we, we've had a lot of, of kids come to us, you know, that, like they hadn't heard of us before. And then all of a sudden they blow an ACL and then, you know, they're looking up strength places and they find us and then they come to us for the, like for the rehab after, you know, after the physical therapy piece, and we're good enough friends and have good enough communication with a lot of these physical therapists who are kind of hamstrung because of the, the insurance stuff. And they know they can only do so much, but they know that Aiden's going to need more once he hits this point because he's not ready to play, you know, go back and play football. Like he, he he's got some time. And so like, it's worked out really well for us where, you know, we're, we're able then, I mean, you know, to put that, those times into the, the kids and, and stuff like that. And that's, that's a big, I don't know, that's been really great for us. Cause if, if you have a, somebody that's driven that will put in the work to actually get back to where they were like, gosh, I love that. Like watching somebody improve with that and not like not using it as a crutch. We already talked about this, but using it as a crutch for the rest of their life and da 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 like, they, 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 they had hardship, they persevered, they got over it, they were gritty, and then they came out the other side. Sorry, Adam's soapbox. That, that's where I am on a Wednesday morning, Dennis. That's... No, you, you touched on so many good things there. And, you know, um, my, you know, the person that I work for, Tim, has this, you know, this mindset of this is everyone's hero's journey. You've got all of the parts, you've got the, you've got the hardships, you've got the trials, you've got the tribulations, 
you have the person that comes alongside the hero and gives them mentorship or guidance and there's a training montage and you know that's us okay that that right there all the cool things that you love about you know that hero's journey we get to be a part of and we draw excitement in that so if that is where we are it's not about you and your injury it's about your life and how we get you through this struggle you know my my big thing when i was in the high schools was injury is a gift and it (laughs) it gives you this gift of how do i solve problems and who do i turn to and hopefully i'm picking people that have the wherewithal to give me good advice and send me on the right path so being one of those stewards is an honor and that's how i look at it you know i'm not here to tape your ankle do your rehab provide you know e-stem in an ice bag and no i'm here to kind of help you navigate this awful situation that you were having now i get to do it with adults and adults are way cooler about that because their journey is much longer Okay, they've got so much road behind them that I can now access and help with and relate to. We're we're talking the same language. We're both adults. We're both parents. We're both people that work. We are humans in America and all of these things. So we can relate with all of those things. Great. Let's go. Let's let's go, man. We've got you. Um, and this whole section of population that you guys are now maximizing is bridging the gap. Um, there's a book literally called that from Sue Falzoni, who is an excellent athletic trainer who has done so much good work to show people there's a gap. This is what you can do to help it. Here's a whole book about it. Okay. Here's a whole, uh, faction of the sports medicine community that do that daily. That's what athletic trainers do. Great. Now we have that in our business practice. You know, this is something that we want to do. And I'm glad that you guys are getting such big benefits from it because you guys do a good product and you know the difference you are you are there every step of that developmental way and you've got technology you have a good staff you have the education i want all of my kids to go to you well here let not not to change the topic but you just you just went there so you 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 have a couple boys of your own um you worked with high school kids um extensively athletes we work with athletes um dennis athletes have changed i've been doing this working with kids in some capacity for 20 plus years now um and it's it's interesting to see how kids have changed pandemics have done some things smartphones have done some things um it's i i just sound old and speaking of old you're 48 today so happy birthday dennis Woo-hoo! i don't know how we didn't lead the show with that totally um, that up. i hope the people can video it because <laughs> they don't see it it's like, what? So it gets funnier. I look very you, don't, you don't look 48. You're, I do not look 48. And yeah, if I stood up and stood next to you, you'd be like, what? No. You're, you're, let's be clear. Your wife is one lucky woman. And Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. That's awesome. I will tell her when she gets home today. There we go. I mean, I'm, pro- I'm assuming she's going to listen to this. So, yeah. Yes, she is a, is a fan of the things that I do. And I like it because it is a biased yet critical ear. Yes, yes. <laughs> So in the way of let's, when you talk, cause, cause again, dude, you, you, you have such a, I, I see people again, all these, all these professionals and they're not bad, 
but they're so like in their lane, like PTs are PT people, you know, they, they think you just need more rehab and, and, and you'll be better. Chiropractors love the spine. Everything must be connected to the back. If you have, you know, little toe issues. Okay. It must be the back. Um, you know, Hey, surgeons always want to cut. Like everybody's got their, their thing. I'm not saying any of it's bad. I'm saying none of it's bad. It's just, you, you have, you, you have this athletic training thing, but you've, you've, you've been all the way over, you know, you've seen obviously working with Tim and whatnot, you've seen the physical therapy piece, but then you, you train, you know, you, you're, you're 48, but you, you back squat and you deadlift and you sprint. Um, and you, and you have to keep up with a, you know, 13 year old and, and 10 year old boy. Um, so that's, you know, and all the things that they're, that they do when, when you look at athletes, training athletes, what is, what's, what's on Dennis's mind in, in 2023 training athletes? What are, what are, what are the big rocks that, that people need to, you know, if, if I'm a parent listening to the show, what, what do I need to make sure that my, my child is doing if I'm going to get them to, to perform and be healthy? Okay. This is something that we deal with on a daily basis. This is something that drives me and hopefully it drives parents of our like backgrounds to help as much as possible as peel back as many layers and as many curtains as we can to show you exactly what is going on. Okay. So number one do less, less participation, okay? Playing, 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 playing. That's one sport over and over and over again, okay? If that's your jam, that's your jam, I understand. But you need to do other things. Your body craves more than what you're doing. So do more, but do less participating. Okay? You don't have to play in a competitive league three seasons a year. Get a competitive league that drives your sport, drives your skills, and pushes you as that player of that sport. Go to the highest level that you can, appropriate to your skill level, and flourish for one season. Then you have an off-season, or you have a different sport that you're playing, or you have a preseason preparation for another sport the season after that. Break it down, take your time, take some breaks, and realize that rushing around to five practices a week pulls from so many different pots that you're not paying attention to that develop your athlete better. More time at home to relax and recuperate, eat better meals, and get more sleep, great. If I'm home and I'm doing those things with my family, I'm not on a device. I'm spending more time bettering my life in other areas. That's gonna make you a better athlete. If you're on games too much, you don't sleep as well, you don't recover. If you don't eat good food because you have to get five minutes from here to there to have your second practice of the day, you don't recover, nor do you build. So there's all of these ways that we can start showing them that less is better. And it doesn't have anything to do with the quality of the athlete. Nothing. That athlete is be that athlete regardless. Nothing. Give them the opportunities to express it, take a smart approach to developing it, and then back off. So uh, can can I question for you here? Can I interject this? So huh? when like my kids right now are eleven and eight, and everything you just said, I think is and I one, I agree with it. Two is easy for me because we just finished a wrestling season. They're 11 and eight. So like, honestly, they, they really enjoyed wrestling. They, they, they had successful wrestling, you know, seasons. Um, they were 
terrible last year. Um, <laughs> if we went through a match last year and Reed didn't get pinned, it was like a celebration. Like, oh my gosh, he made it. <laughs> he made it three minutes and he didn't get pinned. Thank goodness. And then he 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 won the regional and was was runner up at sectionals this year. So we're we're, we're thrilled. However, he, they're kind of done with wrestling. They're just they're tired. The weather's changing. They're excited for soccer. Soccer starts up here in a couple of weeks. We're kind of relaxing and you know just kind of. Whatever they're still running around, I still you know force them outside and lock the door, um, but that's easy. Yep. However, we work with a you know a lot of club volleyball, um, a lot of other club sports too, but primarily a lot of volleyball. Once you hit this like high school time, it I would argue that it gets harder, where you you have you have athletes that start to specialize, um, or maybe clubs that 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 encourage that that specialization, which which ours does not, which I appreciate. Like we have. We have many multi-sport athletes at many different levels. Like we, we I mean, they're our our number one setter on our 17s team plays softball and and plays basketball and does volleyball and she and she rarely misses stuff. Like she just she's just she's so consistent. Megan's fantastic. Um, what is what's your recommendation for for your more high school level kids who are getting a little bit more focused? Where burnout is a, a serious thing. Like that's it, it breaks my heart when I see an athlete get burnout and they they just choose not to play anymore. Like that's, it, it really bumps me out. So I don't know if that came from too much high school and recently and just built, you know, or if this started early, early on and we got a little, a little too specific. Um, but I guess what's your recommendation for when, when you do have these club sports and whatnot, where so many kids are playing year round. Um, Cause that's where the best coaches are. Um, that's a, a lot of times where the best competition are. That's, that's where you'll get seen. Um, you know, if you do want to play, you know, at the next level and play in college and stuff like that, any, any recommendations with that? Yes. Okay. First and foremost, you work with club teams. I do not have an overall dislike of club sports. That's not, I think that any opportunity that you can provide for kids to be active and have good coaching and have a good relationship with the game or the sport, whatever they are playing and you're fostering the things that sport drives on the positive side, teamwork, uh, problem solving, situational awareness, all of the good things that sport drives, if that is the pushing force behind you know, your club participation, do it. It is a lucrative business. Good, That's I want these people making money providing this service. You do not have to participate in club sports. That's it. You do not have to participate in club sports. If you want to try sports, that's what they have recreational leagues for. And they're, they're either run by a city municipality like a Parks and Rec, or it's a private entity that provides a recreational experience. Awesome. Start there. Okay. Everybody started a rec league. Okay. If your kid, as they develop, they express an interest in something, give them the recreational exposure to that. Because if you dive right into something, now you have this monetary and time and specific guidelines that that club has now set because they are expecting athlete X when they walk in the door, right? Club sports have become better because they start now seeing it can't just be elite level. We have to have elite, we have to have medium, we have to have recreational, and they trickle in between them. And then it is hopefully skill-based, not monetary contribution going into, okay? Understand, right? So looking at your kids, giving them the opportunity, then if they have talent, great, foster it, 
support it. You're good at this. Great. Maybe we do this. If they're not interested, do not do another thing. Let them play rec, let them do whatever. And the next season, have them pick something else to do. Regardless of the talent they have, if they don't want to do it, they don't want to do it. Respect that and try something new. But realize, put that little nugget in the back. My kid moves well. My kid's athletic. My kid has good hand-eye coordination. Great. There's going to be opportunities later on to foster that. And maybe it's sport, maybe it's something else. Okay? The drive towards sport and the drive towards the athlete when they get to high school and then hopefully go to college to play a sport. Okay? It's very hard to do. Very hard. It takes a lot of work and a lot of luck. And what Wellburn talks about, opportunity and location and genetics. Okay, great. All of those things, they kind of play into things. The club situation is not necessarily going to get you there. They can sell that, but it's not necessarily there. And case in point is this. I coach recreational baseball for my 13-year-old. My 13-year-old is a recreational athlete. He loves to go out and play. He has deficiencies in all sorts of areas, but he's a great kid and he's respectful and he's coachable. Great. Go have fun. I do not harp on him when he messes up. It's, oh man, next time. This is what you did. This is what you need to do. Coach, right? If he ever said, I really like this, I want to do more, I would then put him more towards a club sport because he wants that coaching, okay? If they're not doing the more, you don't have to go to the club because I guarantee it. If I get a 13-year-old on my recreational baseball team and in the first three or four games, he's hit a home run six times, someone's going to find him quickly. There's going to be a rumor. There's going to be something. And I guarantee you by the next three games, if one more goes out, I'm going to have someone from a club team or I'm going to have someone from a developmental something or other show up and then start having that conversation. Right. Okay. And at any time that can happen until it does, you don't have to throttle all the way down, betting on that and pushing as hard as you can in that direction. It's going to happen. It's going to have its moment. You have to let it unfold as it comes. You can't force it. Burnout. And the things that you're talking about is the extreme other end of it. They're finished. They're done. How do they feel rushing from practice to practice after school? How do they feel trying to sit down and eat after two practices and yet still do homework? They might be fine, but you don't know the stresses that are now weighing on those kids. And now we see mental health is a big issue. Yeah. Was mental health an issue at our age? Probably, but we also didn't have all of those stressors, okay? Kids are different. Yes, for sure. I can't can't imagine, like, having, like, (laughs) almost everything I did on the court, you know, field, blah, 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 getting getting videotaped. Like, I I can't imagine, like... That's not what I'm worried about. I'm worried about off of the court that is now, and all the other things. That too, yeah. Into that. Okay. Parents are busy. Sports are organized. Sports are run by adults. It is an acceptable place to put your kids because you're busy and because now they are busy as well. Okay. The days of what we had, mom and dad are at work until 530 to six. They will be home then. You, when you get home, are responsible for living up until that point. 
and everything that goes with it. Don't burn the house down. Don't hurt your brother or sister. Like you are, you have these responsibilities and we're giving this. We don't have that for kids these days. Don't have that built in responsibility of the family unit when we were young and single parents, regular parents, regular families, multi-generational families, whatever your situation is, when we were younger, it didn't matter. We were all just out, right? And doing things. Now you've got time constraints, you've got schedules, you've got these things that you constantly have to be traveling to and doing, and it's very busy, but is it really developing your child the way that you want it to? Do less. That is, that is, that's a, that is a great question. So here, let me, let me follow up to this because we, again, with, Again, I love the club that we're associated with. Like VC United does a fantastic job. They 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 do encourage the multi. I don't say they encourage. They they don't discourage the multi-sport thing. If you want to focus in volleyball because that's what you love, great. If, if you have other things you do it, that's fine too. Um, so they're 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 pretty hit or miss with 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 the rest of it. Um, any any recommendations? Because the thing that is interesting to me is that we will have freshmen and sophomores who are just wide-eyed and they're excited and like, this is what I do. Oh my God, I love volleyball so much. Da, 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 da. And then all of a sudden we'll, we'll get them as juniors and seniors and they're, you know, just again, approaching that burnout. And if you talk to them when they were 15 or 16, they wanted to play college volleyball, da, 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 you know, all, all those things, which our club does a phenomenal job of because of the um, recruiting support, our our coaches know so many different college coaches. We have a specific recruitment director. Like if you want to go play at the next level, somebody will know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who, you know, will help you get there. It might not be Stanford. Okay. But it might be a nice little Wisconsin state school or, you know, division three or NAIA or heck we can go the, you know, the community college route or something like that. Nothing wrong with that. If that's truly what you, what you want to do. And our club seems to find a way to do it. If that, again, if, if you're, if your heart's in it, um, in order to avoid that burnout, because I would love to say that every kid that starts with us when they're 15, finishes when they're 18 but they don't we lose kids throughout the way now i i understand like people's and you know attention will go in different ways they'll find other things they're passionate about um i get it um any recommendations though once once it starts to get hot and heavy once they get past the point where our kids are you know where hey this is this is getting a little bit more serious okay we're, we're, we're there there might be some travel and stuff and, and and i'm okay with some of that like it's some pretty cool experiences that, that these kids are getting um but I don't want my kid. I want my kid fresh and excited and hungry. The last game or the last tournament of the season, you know, his senior year, her senior year, versus when they initially started this, you know, you know, back their their freshman year. Any any ideas there in which to which to avoid the burnout? That was a long question, Dennis. I don't know what. I was there. I don't know. <laughs> when you play this back, I just want to know that you tracked with all of the points that I was saying because it's the drinking from the fire hose. I start talking, everything's coming out. Maybe it makes sense. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. But at the end, we'll get there and we'll be like, that's a lot. Do you have any time in? Great. Awesome. Okay. So uh, things to avoid burnout. Um, I just went to a meeting last night for all of the managers of the rec team baseball league that I'm coaching my son. And, you know, they always throw out the statistics of, you know, playing multiple sports, doing other things. But what they're really focusing on now is retention of umpires and retention of kids in these community leagues have to make it fun period if the kid goes to practice and it's not fun it's Mm -hmm. not resonate sorry that is not on the parent 
that is now on the parent to choose the coach, to choose the experience, to choose the roadmap plot points that their kids are going to gravitate for. If they're not having fun, they're not giving their best effort. And if they're not giving their best effort, they could get hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now you're in my realm. You know, now it's like, oh, okay. Um, after you look at the emotional buy-in from the child, you look at what exactly is driving that shift. Okay. If it is, I play soccer because I really play volleyball and I need to do something in the off season. Okay. Do you enjoy playing soccer? No, but you know, my parents want me to play it. Okay. Well, you don't have to do that. You can do something else. Like you can do any, literally anything else. And as long as it is going to have a benefit towards your number one sport that you want to do in the next season. Great. Go ahead. Sitting on the couch and playing video games. No, that's not it. Sorry. That's not sport. And while you might get a scholarship for it, it's not going to benefit volleyball, yeah. right? So wherever their passion is, foster that. See other ways outside of just that that you could help them and start pulling on the people around you in the know. Yeah. Being in the know is not, oh, well, he knows him and he knows him and he knows her. And No, it is, do you have a grasp of the current situation and the best in like the best information to share at that time? Okay. So kids that come from families that aren't sports centric, but still got a scholarship. Great. Mom, athlete, dad was an athlete, big brother, big sister were both athletes. I have to be an athlete. Yeah. No, Mm -mm. nope. They have a much different experience than the other kid does. They're not the same. Which one do you most closely resemble? Great. Ask them and find out. Also, go to the end game. I want to play in college. Talk to a college coach. Talk to a college coach about what it takes to get here. Talk to a college athlete about what they had to do to get here. And if it's, and they're so excited, let's go. I will do everything I can to do it. At any point, this thing could go sideways and it could all be over. Are you okay with that? I, I absolutely love that because I – yeah. Well, we, we work with these, these these younger kids and stuff like that, and we especially because you know we 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 supplement you know their their sport experience. And I understand that we are not the sport. We're not as fun as the sport. We're work. Everything that we do is work. Squatting is work. Pushing a sled is work. Deadlifting is work. Sprinting is work. Okay, the game is, is fun. Like that's the fun part that, that that's a great thing. Um, but it's funny how, and, and then we have these exactly what you just said there. We have those conversations where like, guys, if, if you do want to do this at the next level, you do want to do this at the college level, you understand that like the weightlifting piece, that's not an optional thing. You know, that's not a, Hey, I can, I can half-ass this and, and get through and get by. Um, and my, my college coach won't care. They might care. Actually, they will care, and they're going to care a lot because if you cut corners there, you're probably cutting corners in other you know places, um, or you're just not getting as good as what you you could be, or you're opening the door for possible injury and, and stuff like that. Um, so I, I think that I think the idea of of, of talking to I, I I've had numerous uh, numerous of our our kids just reach out because Instagram is such a such a thing, but they'll be following their favorite players on their favorite teams, you know, in college, and they'll just slide in their dms and like 
ask them questions. And these college kids have been so good at like responding back and be like, Hey, Maddie, I remember when I was 15 too. And you know, that's so cool that you want to do it. We'd love you here. Da, 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 da. You know, keep in touch, blah, blah. Like, and that's, that's really good to know. Like that's, that's good information to have. And we've had some kids, I think are like taking it back. We're like, Oh, I have to lift weights and practice volleyball for hours a day. And I have to go to class and it's college and it's, Oh gosh, I don't know if I want to do this. So anyway, a lot. That was awesome. That was fantastic. When you go down that road, I went, when I went to college, I went to KU. Okay. So basketball, woohoo. We were actually good at football at the time. We've been good at football throughout history, but we're known as a basketball school. So I'm sure that following a KU basketball player on Instagram and them saying, Hey, how did you get here? Well, I played for this AAU team and I did all of these things. And what they hear is that guy got there because he played on these AAU teams and that's what I have to do. And not really talking about the weightlifting aspect, not really talking about these other things, but not realizing that this kid is the top one of 1%. (laughs) Yeah. Right. He is the genetic anomaly. You're not him. Like, not. You're not. He might not have ever set foot in a weight room and he's playing in the NBA. Well, he didn't have to play college. He yeah. didn't. Okay? If you have to play college football, you have to be in the weight room. If yeah. you say play certain other college sports that don't directly go to a professional aspect, you're going to spend some time in the weight room. You're going to spend some time in the athletic training room. You're going to spend some time with some other people. So perspective of what you're asking. Okay. So this guy that might play KU basketball, basketball might have only been his only option and a club team was the only thing in his neighborhood because his high school was not and didn't have a basketball team or some other aspect there were probably trials and hardships that kind of pushed them in certain areas the best advice for the parents is pull back by about ten thousand feet and see everything that went into every situation that you are now trying to drop your kid into People do not have the wherewithal or the bandwidth to do that. So that's why we are here. So hopefully we are giving them those outlets. And you know, like you said, oh, ask a college coach. How long have we been doing this? And that like wasn't immediately like, bing, number one. You're a great coach. You have a fantastic facility. You provide exceptional performance for all of your athletes. We have blind spots too. Getting more than one opinion. And like I said, going to the college coach is not going to the club coach. Your club is awesome, but I am sure if kids stopped showing up and they couldn't pay the bills, they would recruit a little bit different. I'm sorry, that's a business aspect. That is a business decision. It does not deter from the good product that you put out. You're putting out a good product. Great. What goes into it isn't as pure as it once was because I have to keep the lights on. No, that's not a detriment at all. But if that's all you're driving is numbers to make money, now we have the problem. There's the extremes of both ends. So peel back, get a better view of it and ask more people. I, I think that's fantastic. Cause I think it's hard to say, I had a conversation with a buddy of mine. He's, his kids also wrestle and stuff like that. And he's, he's, he's a cop. He's into the jujitsu thing, very switched on within this whole, um, you know, he actually knows who Louis Simmons is stuff like this. Like he's, he's, you know, switched on, switched on guy. His conversation, our conversation was like, when you look at the top wrestlers, when you look at your Jordan Burroughs and, and stuff like that, um, you know, these Kyle Dakes and, and stuff like that, these guys have been wrestling since like they could walk. They're wrestling and they were wrestling and they wrestled. And if you want to wrestle in the Olympics, like that's probably your path. Like you, you probably start that early and, and you, you, there's a good chance you don't deviate that you just do it for some reason you're wired up in that way um, in which to 
you know, be laser focused this, this entire time, Michael Phelps, similar way, um, you know, and just where, Hey, that's your thing. That's your thing. That's your thing. That's your thing. Um, and you don't, you don't deviate, but you don't see the other 99.99999% of wrestlers who, who tried to go that way. that didn't go to a different sport, you know, or, or only played volleyball. And then when they started having shoulder pain, they kept swinging and then they kept having shoulder pain and they kept swinging and then they had massive injury. And then they, you know, then they would do all the PT rehab stuff, but gosh, that's really, really hard. And now you have to try to come back from that. Um, and, and now it's even harder. And so now all of a sudden this game that you love has gotten exponentially harder because of pain and injury. And it was already, you know, hard to begin with and yada, yada, yada. So like to, to remove yourself <laughs> and to, to really look down and just, you know, as a parent and, and to see all the things to understand that, Hey, your, your kid might not be an Olympian. He might be, he might be, um, you know, but I think those are those special breeds of of athletes, of kids, of people, and and insanely, insanely unique. So I, I it, it's it's interesting what people see because you'll see the you know the the life story of you know so and so professional athlete, and be like, oh my, you know, you you put yourself in that, or you know, oh that could have been me, or hey that that could be my kid, or whatever it might be, and you know, heck, I'm not going to tell anybody they can't do anything, but like to understand that all the things that go into it. Um, and the the idea of running the risk of burnout and a kid getting just frustrating and, and quitting is much higher than probably standing on the podium winning a gold medal. How about I set out to go D1 and now I have to go NAIA. So that's going to cloud my entire next four years. And I'm really not going to be 100% about that. Yeah. And that's, how, yeah. And now your attitude uh, crap. And yeah. Get a power cord. Hang on. Sorry. Amateur. Those dogs, I tell you. Dude, I swear. Terribly <laughs> sorry. I'm sitting here looking, and it starts to flash at me. And I'm like, oh, look. Hi, I'm 48 years old today, and I was this old when I learned, hey, you should probably check the power before you start talking with your friend for an hour. Oh, that's funny. Well, here, Des, we can, we, we can wrap this up, too. What, what, is there anything that you wish I would have asked you? What, what, what did I leave out of this conversation? You've left out nothing. There are so many touch points that we can like dive into that we just scratched the surface of. Okay. Like going back to looking at a kid and front loading them. Hey, guess what? You have to spend time with people like us more than you will ever spend time on the field. And all we do is hard things. And my superpower is making it harder. <laughs> right. Figuring out if you get good at this hard thing, how to adapt you further by making it worse. Mm -hmm. Okay. Not only that, hey, I have I have that wrapped around you when you're on the hurt side too. Let's let's have fun on this journey. What I want people to know is that there is better ways to do things and there are more people out there than you think of. You have to start asking and you have to pull a lot of your own personal thoughts, beliefs, egos out of it. Okay. I worked with awesome athletes. I am more proud of the literally hundreds of kids that got NAIA or Division II scholarships with me. Okay. I want you to talk to those people. I want you to dive into their experience. Okay. Unicorns are great, but that's not the same experience, right? Look at all of the kids that you deal with. How many are the apex predator, mm -hmm. but do you provide a service that is as beneficial for everybody else? Yes. A thousand percent. Those are the things that you're going for. All right. If your kid's the apex predator, you already know. Everyone already knows. 
Yes, there's people banging on your door. If they're not there yet, don't push. Give them the tools. Spend more time with people like yourself and myself, where we're really trying to get the most out of your kids. Yep. And it's not about us. It's not, I love my job. I start sweating the second I start talking to someone because I'm so excited to do the next hour of whatever we're doing together. Because yep. it's just going to do pay dividends for them. Yep. Get with us, man. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Very cool. Does people want to find out more about what, what you and Tim and what are doing? Where do they, where do they go? Where do they find you? Oh, we have a website. It's uh, restorethrive.com. Uh, you can reach me at Dennis at restorethrive.com. Uh, follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. We put out daily and weekly content. We've got fun partnerships with other people that we push content for as well. And it's all stuff that you can immediately drop in. So hopefully it is beneficial for you. Uh, don't be afraid to reach out. We would literally leave all of our things with, if you have questions or comments, drop them, reach out, start those conversations. We love having these conversations and it doesn't have to be a transactional thing. Like I'm not going to pay you. I'm not going to charge you to talk to me about how to properly develop your child. I will love to have you that conversation. Like, Hey, let's just have a conversation for about 10 to 15 minutes, I'm going to tell you some things. You can ask me a bunch of questions and then I'm going to give you a couple of different places to go and visit or people to talk to as well. Yeah. yeah. Now the biggest thing, we are not your one stop. I am not your only guy. I am a part of a team of awesome people. So are the people that you are taking your kids to. Okay. Rely on the group, rely on the tribe, rely on all of the pieces that go into that. It's never just one person and just one thing. So reaching out and having someone like you in their corner with a club team because you are the strength and conditioning coach, not the club coach, mm -hmm. right? You, are having, you have another input and another aspect and another outlet and another knowledge base. There's all of those people out there. Get as many as you can on your team. Dude, I love it. I love Thank it. You. I can't agree with that more because again, all of us have our own, you know, things that we're like the way I look at movement is very different than how our, our back row libero coach looks at movement. Like the way, you know, I break it down. So I get ideas from her. She gets ideas from me. Um, our setters coach and I, you know, have conversations because I'm seeing certain things with footwork and they see different things with footwork, or maybe they're not even looking at the feet because they're so concerned with the hands. Um, yeah, they're, this is why I love this podcast thing. This is why I love, um, you know, having these in-depth conversations with, with, you know, jiggy guys like you who are switched on and, you know, doing fantastic things. So. Yeah. I hope everyone tracks. I hope everyone enjoys this and laughs and gets some insight. Um, you can reach me at that email. Uh, you can follow me on social media. I'm, uh, let's see, Menace Dolan. Get it? Dennis the Menace. It's Menace Dolan. I'm there. Follow me. Ask there me questions. Awesome. Dennis, thank you so much. And thank you. I love, I love chatting with you. Yes. This is dude. This was fun. This is fun. And let's be clear. Big happy birthday. Happy Thank birthday. You. The Thank big you. four, eight. Oh man. I hear 48 is the new 38. 28. Uh, again, it's experience. My it experience is. Much different than lots of other people's. So. You have a little yeah. bit more experience than I do. Look at you. That's okay, man. Hopefully this is you at 48. I'll try. I'll try to catch up. I'll try to catch up. You're already there, man. Just don't, don't go downhill. Don't, that, that's that's really the goal right now. Just just no steps backwards. Just easier said than done. There we hey, go. We're here when you do. There we go. Sounds amazing. Dennis, thank you so much. Listeners, thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next one.
Hey guys, so that's where the actual end of the podcast was going to be. However, <laughs> Dennis and I kept talking after we stopped the record button, but the Zoom call was still recording. And so um, here's part two of, of what we're talking about. And we get a little bit more real and we get a little bit more specific. Um, we swear a little bit, um, but, but very authentic. So I, I hope you enjoy the, the second part of this because I, I think this is, you know, sometimes you get too rigid within a podcast and it's, it's not as casual as you want it to be. And this is very casual. So this is real, real, real talk. Um, I hope you enjoy it. Have a good one. That was awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Look at us. That was longer than 40 minutes, but that's okay. Okay. That's usually what happens. Usually we're, we start we're entertaining. So that's, you know, that dog. And, and like, honestly, like when I talk on these things or when I talk with people or things like that, it is literally the conversation in the moment. Like I'm answering your questions and they might not be a hundred percent crystal clear, but I hope that people follow like my arc. Yeah. That not just like, oh wait, wait, where is he? What the where did that come from? That's left field. Yeah. Dude, it, it's so interesting. That club sport thing is always interesting because I, I really love the club and, and what it is that we do. And I I really struggle with uh, and my kids have had pretty good luck, but like our, the local soccer club that they're whatever starting with, they have, they have the crazy, you know, elite level thing. The thing I love, they have a juniors level. So like they have elite, they have developmental, and then they have juniors, which are like kids who, who are like multi-sport athletes who at some point would possibly make the the switch to completely club. Um, but that only goes up to Reed's age, which is 11. So at 11, Basically, when you go into sixth grade, now you have to make the decision, do I go club? Do I go rec? Um, and the thing that is crazy is that his club, his uh, juniors team played a club team, played, sorry, played a mul multiple club teams at his age level. And his club team, I'm sorry, his juniors team beat the club teams. And not by a ton or anything like that, but like you look at, I watched them, watch their athletes, watch our athletes our athletes are better athletes because they're playing baseball and they're playing football and they can't commit to year round soccer because they love football, you know, or they wrestle or they basketball or something like that. And they don't, can't commit to year round soccer because of that. And so like, but their footwork is better. They're a little bit more physical, you know, they're just, and then you have these little 11 year boys who I like to play soccer, you know, cause I'm quick, you know, and, da, 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 and like watch them get out physical by these, these bigger, stronger kids and, you know, faster kids and stuff like that. So I'm really excited to watch my kids go back to, um, soccer here after a wrestling season of being, again, let's be clear. Lanes are not big people. Um, but I think yeah. I I'm excited to see how, how they, they, they hold their own. My frustration also ends up being then with on the club side of things, uh, the lower you go, it seems like the worst coaching you get. And you know, if that's, that's a thing that's a little frustrating. You should be recording this too. This is like, this is another excellent conversation to have, like as a little like subtext to that, because that's a lot of what we didn't talk about. Like, if I look at a club, I want a club that has a strength and conditioning department. Yeah. I want one that's partnered with a strength and conditioning, someone or other that's out here twice a week, that's helping my kids get better and not just play. Yeah. You know, so yeah. when you look at what your kids are doing when they're in wrestling and it's really hard, it's much different. Uh, it's a much different competition than soccer is, okay? Then they go out and they play soccer. Where they lack the skills, they have the body. Where they lack the skills, they have the athleticism. So they can compete because soccer up to a certain age and certain skill level rewards hustle. Yeah. Like, 
don't have to have the best foot skills to just get in someone's way and make a good pass. Yeah. You don't have to have the, you know, the arc shot up in the upper 90 to score a goal. You just literally need to deflect it like a pinball game. Okay. Yeah. People don't realize that. Like we need more people to break things down and make it as simple as possible. We need more people like you and I that are developing kids the exact same way. And we need much less of competition driving the conversation. It's not about the level of competition that you're at if you suck. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter the level of competition that you're at if you're injured. All of those things don't play, but that's where everyone is. My kid plays for the blank team, for blank. Okay, great. That kid down here on that rec team is going to go through puberty the same time your kid does, and what happens then? Yeah. This kid down here is getting strength and conditioning and wrestling and doing all of these other things. What happens in three years when he goes up the ladder? Yeah. So. Dude, you're not wrong. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's so entertaining. It, it's entertaining. And, and I, this is terrible. I'm going to say a terrible thing right now. I, I find it, and this is hard on, I, I like, I feel weird too. Cause I, like, I want my kid to be successful. Um, especially wrestling. Wrestling is so unique where like there, there's a clean cut winner and loser. Like a soccer is so easy. Like it just, they go out there, they run around. If they, if they lose, if they win, it's, you know, whatever. It's a, it's a team thing, blah, blah, blah. Wrestling, you get, you know, you either have success or failure, on a mat by yourself, on a cold mat by yourself, basically in your underwear. So like, it's just like, it, it, it's heart wrenching from a, from a parent to watch your, your kid get their, their, you know, butt kicked. So you like, you, you want that success, but understand that like, it, it's, it's really hard for my wife to understand. Cause she's, you know, nobody wants to, she doesn't want anybody to hurt her little babies. Um, but what they learn through the losses and stuff like that, it can be so valuable. Um, and to, you know, for these kids to, to endure failure early on, because um, I see it too often, these kids that like got really good early that didn't really endure much failure because they were just genetically gifted or they were taller or they were, oh, something. Um, they, they shot the ball really well, whatever it might be. They didn't endure that failure. And now all of a sudden they're, you know, I don't know, they're a they little. They can't deal with it. They have never yes, been. Yes. To mm -hmm. actually develop character. Yeah. So. Here's a good one. Uh, you've heard it. It's the curse of the gifted. If you don't have the struggle, if you don't have the uh, hardships, if you don't have that pushback against you, then you don't know where your limitations are and you don't know how to deal with anything that takes from you in the future. You don't have the mind space. You don't have the tools to battle that adversity because you've already had all of the success. Look what I did, because I could do this, because I'm some genetic anomaly, yay. Right up until you get hit in the mouth. Oh. And then it's, oh, you better, you better have taken the time to prepare yourself for what comes next. Yeah. Because if you don't evolve, you're done right there. And all of that talent and all of that success that you have had is done at that line. Draw a line in it, rubber stamp it, cut it off. That's it right there at that moment. If you have had a little pushback and a little struggle, great. Now you have something to build on. Now you have something to tap into. And if you've never had it, hopefully the people around you have because they can now guide you on the way. Do you have good people in your corner? Do you have people that have faced adversity? Do you have people that have done hard things? When looking at like developing an athlete, I also like look at 
what was your childhood like? Did you go and ride skateboards and bikes and build ramps and fall down and get bloody? No. Because that's going to help you later on when you're trying to be this elite level soccer player that can't stop getting a concussion from heading the ball. You're getting a concussion from heading the ball more than likely because your vestibular system wasn't developed as an early age because you didn't run, play, kick, fall down, get hit, you know, bump your head on things. I love skateboard kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those kids are the best athletes to work with. Dude, it, it it's, oh gosh, you said something there. You got my mind going. Where the heck did it go? Bring it back, Adam. Bring it back. Kids, parents, things. Falling down, getting hurt. Falling down, getting hurt. Kids getting peppered enough to endure the trials and tribulations of club sports. What the heck was it? Skateboarding? I don't know what it was. I don't know. I'll tell you where my mind did go is that when, when you're, you're talking about the whole thing, it, it doesn't surprise me. You know, it, talking about Walborn, it, it doesn't surprise me at all that, like, he turned into an NFL football player. Like, he, he had the body, obviously, when you're 6'5", you're 6'6", six, 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 um, had, had the width, da-da-da. But then, like, grew up with with – two other brothers, you know, that beat the tar out of each other all the time and, and like actually got specific coaching and boxing and stuff like that. Like this, this all kind of comes together. Um, I'm surprised he didn't wrestle, honestly. Like that's, that's the one thing I think was kind of like missing in his, you know, uh, whatever his growing upness and, and, and whatnot, but it, it doesn't surprise. And then for him to like run track and field and hurdle and, and stuff like that at 200 and whatever heavy pounds he was like, it, it, it totally makes sense that this, you know, Mm-hmm. Yeah, but in the same breath, you have guys like Kyle Turley, who was, was like a surfer, you know, who started playing football like his senior year or something like that. Um, just turned into this. No, he again genetics. He had the body and da da da. But it's not like he was. It, it's it honestly scares me around here a little bit with our youth football stuff, where um, we have not pushed the football thing at all with the kids. Um, and I, we'll we'll consider the football thing. Like I started in seventh grade. Um, like with actual like contact hitting tackling football stuff. But if Reed starts playing football, then like he'll be like five or six years behind a lot of the kids. But um, just, just seeing what I've seen with some of the athleticism with some of those kids, I'm not necessarily worried because he's just as fast as, as most of me and he can cut, you know, he's smart. Like it just, you know, and then with the wrestling, be able to change levels and stuff like that. Like I'm not, I'm not necessarily worried. He's going to have to learn the rules. <laughs> <laughs> you won't understand the rules of the game at all. Like, where's that? What's offsides? What formation? What? Huh? Um, but it's Look at what's football. What's hard about football? Football is difficult because of the physical exertion that you are you are emitting against another opponent. Yeah, there's contact. There's violence. Mm-hmm. That there is a huge tax on your body, and you have to prepare for it. Yeah. Great. Okay. Also, he's a wrestler. So all of the things that are unique to football and make it awesome, he's already done in wrestling. He's used to the physical contact. He's used to using his body to manipulate angles and forces and overcome an opponent. He's not afraid of that. He literally walked into that ring by himself in his underpants to do that. Right? Okay. Getting armored up and running into someone full speed is much easier now. Okay. And if he's a wrestler and if he's had this background, he's going to start even, you know, like if he's a lane or a Dolan and he's small, got a funny story after this. Uh, If he's small, he's going to have the the wherewithal to do that. Like he's going to have the athleticism to do it. I played soccer and baseball growing up. Um, I did multiple things on bikes and boards and other things like that. 
I wanted nothing more than to play football. I loved it. I smoked kids in the backyard, loved it. It was great. I get to high school, okay? And I decide, well, my parents decided, I, there wasn't a no decision, I was going to an all guys Jesuit preparatory school that is known in the Kansas City area as being a football powerhouse. Yeah. Great. You know what? I want to play football. <laughs> now, when I was a freshman, I was four foot eight and 85 pounds. My fourth grader was bigger than me now. My, <laughs> my seventh grader is the size of me as a sophomore. Like, and he's like four, eight, 115 pounds or like five foot, 115 pounds. It's like, dude, I was really small. Like I was the smallest person to ever play at that school. Right. <laughs> but I wanted it. I wanted it. I wanted to go out and play and run and do all of those things. I got the shit kicked out of me. The shit kicked out of me. But I didn't get hurt because of all the things that I did as a child. Falling down on a snowboard or a skateboard at, you know, 30 miles an hour on gravel. Only to pick yourself up and do it again. Yeah. And again, until you got that trick or you made that jump or you did something like that. Your kid's a wrestler. He knows. He's got that built into him. It's kids that don't do the hard things that I see all the time. You know, yeah, I want to play football, but I play club basketball all year. And, you know, that's all that I do. Ball is life. Yeah. Great. You can dedicate a little bit more to football, which will then translate back to a bigger, more burly basketball player. Or you can half-ass football, focus on basketball and just playing basketball, not developing you. You get the shit kicked out of you over here. Have you read the book Grit by Angela Duckworth? Oh, but I need to. Okay. Yeah. You, so I just read it. Like, this is not a new book. I don't know how long it's been out. <laughs> Six oh, years? Yeah. Gosh, mm -hmm. I'm so behind. Um, it was big in the teaching space because, like, her story is that she, whatever, psychologist and taught in New York public schools, taught seventh grade math and, like, had this awakening that, like, wow, some really high IQ kids didn't do anything and they scored really low. And some really low IQ kids studied really hard and they did really well. Um, athletes who were like not exceptional athletes, but they they were in the pool every day at 4:30 a.m. for 12 years, turned into be amazing swimmers. While you know people built like Michael Phelps, like they started it, but then just you know petered out and then you never heard anything about them. Um, really, really interesting book. And I'm, I, I think part of my presentation to the volleyball club next year is going to be really encouraging your, cause I have so many parents that ask, Oh, Adam, what, what should we do? Well, you know, in the off season, what do you, what do you, one, you need to come work out with us, but two, like have your kids do stuff. It snows here, hand them the shovel and point them to the driveway and have them shovel the driveway. Okay. I, like, you know, mow the grass, have them actually push the mower. Dad, you don't have to do it. You have an adolescent child. I don't care. Boy, girl, doesn't matter. Go mow the stinking lawn, go rake the leaves, you know, and, or do it as a family. Like you don't necessarily have to, oh, like, I, I just think they, they, they need to get more physical. We had farmer strength back in the day. Okay. Clay Roach never hit the weight room at all, but it never went, wanted to go up against Clay, you know, on the football field. Cause he, he had, crazy i don't know what it was pig wrestling strength that he got because clay lived out on a farm and that's that, that's what he did and i don't even know what he did but i lived in the weight room and i didn't have that type of strength that he did and it was it was frustrating um you know but uh, 
again, that's where I think like this injury stuff comes in. Um, the, 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 you know, kinesthetic awareness, just, you know, everything that you said about falling down on skateboards and stuff like that, like you just have to do work and just do stuff. And now we, you know, we're in this perfectly climate controlled room, you know, with the perfect amount of light and blah, 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 blah. And we, we don't have to strain for anything. We have to go and look and, you know, go out and find stuff that actually, you know, tests us. And it's, it's something. Yeah, it's hard. Sorry, I'm that got me out of breath there. No, got, you got me worked up. Okay. Pain is a driving force. Okay. If you're an athlete, pain is not. Pain is a detriment. Pain is something that's pulling you out of your performance, right? It's wrecking your performance. Great. So you have to deal with that so that you can do the things that you love. Okay. Great. That's hard. Yeah. Okay. You want to do that? Great. But you don't want to work. You, you don't want to be sore from lifting weights because it's painful, but you want to go play somewhere else. Yeah. No, you complain that you don't get enough playing time, but you don't spend extra time in your day to get better. How can you have high expectations and yet no patience? If you can reference that, that's a hip hop song from back in the day called Question with Most Deaf and Tell Everybody in Common. They call questions. Yeah. How can you have high expectations and get no patience? Yeah. You got to work with this. You got to do some, gotta do some hardship. And, you know, for some people, athletes like me, hardship was built into it. I, I spent my entire athletic career as the little brother saying, look at me. I can do this. I have a right to be here. Just because I'm the smallest, I'm still going to perform and I'm still going to excel. I'm still going to be a, a positive aspect to my team. Yeah. Right. I had the talent and the athleticism to back that up. Great. I would have loved to have had myself as a coach or as someone to then kind of keep pushing it because I'm an athletic trainer now because I couldn't play football and sports anymore because I wasn't big enough. Because no one told me, hey, guess what? Until all of your big boy hormones come in, that weight room is your friend, but it's not your ally. Like you're not getting bigger. You're just getting coordinated because your big boy hormones aren't here yet. So this is great. I know that this is frustrating, but you're going to have to ride this out. But you have to stop playing football because you don't have the body for it. Yeah. You know, so that's, you know, sometimes adversity is forced upon you. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to get it. So if you look around and everything's easy, you need to find some harder shit because you're not in a good spot. Yeah. 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 All of these nuggets were just wasting on you and me. Dude, this is good. I might see if I could I actually, I, I stopped the, um, whatever actual, whatever thing, but I, I might just see if I could just add the zoom piece back into this and have an extended, extended version. Look at us. There you go. The beat, the beat tracks, the off cuts, the B sides. Yeah, there you if you like that guys, keep listening. And if you want to dive down a funnier hole, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, man, no, I, I do appreciate, I think I can actually put this in. Um, no, I do appreciate this. Cause I, I think too much of the time we're, we're, we're too gentle with like how to, how to dance around this. And like, I hate to say, it, I kind of see it within, like we have some wrestlers and I love them. They're, they're fantastic kids, but they just want to wrestle 12 months a year because that's like, Oh, that's what I do. And it, uh, like, man, go, go, go do gymnastics or, you know, go, go swim or do, you know, just something, something else that's just different and, you know, whatever. And I don't know, just take that mental break. And then when you come back to wrestling, you'll even be hungrier. Not saying you have to leave it for six months, you know, and, and not, not even saying that you can't get together with your buddies and, and, and do a little, you know, wrestling one-on-one -on -one stuff, like have some fun with that. Um, 
But the idea of having practice, you know, four or five nights a week, 12 months a year, like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. You can take your aggression out on the steel in the weight room. No, absolutely. I need something that I can help wrestle. Great. Jiu-jitsu. Great. Something else that is somewhat similar yet completely different. And, you know, like, will that foster it? Will that help you? Well, yeah, you're getting much less wrestling wrestling you're getting more rolling there are subtle differences but yeah like that's that's it right there that wrestler is going to have certain skills but he's going to get smoked by someone that's great at jujitsu yeah but it's going to benefit him when he goes back to wrestling because now he has all these different angles and things that he can do to that person yeah so even like it's just looking at what's the next like what's the one-off of your sport you know play volleyball maybe play some basketball some lacrosse like move, move, move around. Do something that is a little bit more movement based than just standing and jumping. I I look at myself and, and I played football, baseball. Would have played basketball, but I I was not good going into freshman year. And I think we, I think I learned it freshman year. I'm like I uh, well, and really a lot of it ended up being with football. Um, I mean, similar to you, eighth grade, everybody grew and I did not. And so oh. then all of a sudden, I found myself sitting the bench in football, and I was embarrassed. My parents would come sit in the stands and, you know, there I was staying on the sideline with my nice clean uniform. Um, and it just, it absolutely sucks. So the second football was done, I hit the weight room so hard. Um, and, you know, and, and I still play baseball, which I think was a nice mix up, but I tried to still tried to lift during that time and whatnot. Summer hit lift as much as I can. Um, and I, I, I put on weight and muscle and uh, got, got stronger. Now, if I would have known anything about actual, you know, athletic performance and stuff like that, I definitely would have sprinted more because I was, not very fast, <laughs> but, um, it, but that like, that's, that's how I came, but, but I was never exceptional within the whole football baseball thing. But when I finished, um, finished high school, went to Iowa state, I, I, st I started running. I started distance running because I'm like, Oh, I'll be, I'll just be healthy. This is a thing. My dorm was right across the street from the, um, Iowa state pool. So I started swimming. Cause I'm like, Oh, swimming's healthy. Um, I had a buddy that went and swam division one at university of Denver. Um, he taught me how to swim. I got really into the triathlon thing. And honestly, that was the most competitive I've ever been in anything. Like I was a really, really good triathlete. Um, I was the Midwest regional junior long course champion in 1999. Dennis, look at that. Yes. I won the big pig. Um, in 1999, I was I, working first year as a professional out of college. How long ago? How old are we? Know, but that's amazing. Like just having uh, that, that's, pretty significant you were better than 99 percent of the country you know like yeah. in your sport at least, at least in the midwest yeah but it, i i think it's funny how it just kind of you know moves on itself and um if i would have just sucked my nose down and tried to be like rudy rugger like i mean maybe but i don't know notre dame football was a lot better then too so I <laughs> if you want to play you can find it like, look at the guy. I just read an article probably about six months ago, or it was on the news. It's a guy that is like 49 and he's playing college football. Like he had, like he never declared, he never did anything. Right now he's a prison guard. And like he plays on this local, like either community college or D3 or D2 school. And he plays on their football team and he's like a backup defensive lineman. Wow. Like you can do it. Great. If, if Adam Lane wants to go play college football, little sisters of the poor state is probably <laughs> recruiting somewhere. <laughs> like, you know, oh. like it, it's going to be you and literally like 
nine other guys playing seven man football. Yeah. Great. You can do that. You did. That sounds terrible. <laughs> it does sound awful. <laughs> well, hey man, I hate to run on you. I got I got a list of things to do here before we I got nothing to do. It's my birthday. I can do whatever I want. It, it can't it is. It is. Happy birthday. Thanks for joining me on your birth birthday, man. Yeah. Thank you for asking me. The fact that people want to hear me talk and like value my opinion blows my mind. So I am always like eternally grateful. And I have all of this anxiety hoping like, did I give him, did I, did I do everything that I was supposed to do? Did I give you the, did I give you the dentist experience and the effect and like all of that? So yeah, performance. I'm going to say this, let's be, I've, I've talked to so many athletic trainers through my time and physical therapists and they're literally a one trick pony and it's like, Oh, you have shoulder pain. We're going to do this exercise and this exercise and this exercise. Oh, you have ankle. We're going to wrap it. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. It just like, I, I don't, they, the, the passion that they have for what it is that they do is so sad. And I don't claim to be a physical therapist or an athletic trainer or anything like that, but like, care a little bit more about the people in your, the, and, and that's what you do. So that's, that's what, you know, and hell, that's why you're in the whole, you know, power athlete thing and, and doing the things that you do. And, um, you know, I don't know that, that I, there are a lot of not switched on people that try to help people. And that's frustrating. And I want to do nothing but help them. Yeah. yeah. Spread the stoke, man. Yeah. There Good. you go. Awesome. awesome. Now we're going to, when Tim kicks off, we he had the like the Healthy Kansas City podcast, so he did like local people. Oh yeah, yeah, cool. So yeah, I'll I, should, I I need to have him on at some point. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. He's 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 great to talk to. He has fantastic insight. Yes, and he's a little bit more stoic. Like that's why I love our partnership. My my, it's like Tim is this like stoic awesome dude and i'm a cartoon character we just play very well together and he celebrates me and i celebrate him like so if i get him laughing because of my ridiculousness then that's awesome like he gets it because that's something that we now share and it's fun so yeah he's he's a great great interview because he's done the your side no he's been a good interviewer so yeah yeah and he it's very thoughtful responses yeah is he still yeah. doing that podcast we haven't done it in a while oh well tell him to get on it jeez I know. but yeah you should totally have him on too okay there you go i will want, we can combine powers and you can have both of us look at that you can see the difference you can be like okay this is one and this is two and when you <laughs> one and two together this is what this one is what happens and it's just like magic ying and yang really just uh. the per- there you go Okay, my man. Thank you again. Thank Happy you. birthday. Don't work too, or don't work too hard. I will. Oh, hey, I do have a favor. Do you have a um? Do you have a pretty headshot of yourself that I could use in the Instagram? I have the power athlete ones. Oh, that'll work. Cute. Do it. Yeah, shoot that to me whenever you're bored. I sure, I sure will. Thank you so much. Okay, bud. You're the man. Thank you. Huh? Thank you. You're the man. Yeah. On it. Awesome. Enjoy your day. We'll see ya. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for listening to another episode of Oak Performance Radio. Don't forget to check us out on the social at Oak Performance and online at www.oakstrength.com backslash Oak Performance. 
Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.